You're listening to the Boo Boys Podcast. Alrighty. Well, my name's Dalton. My name is Paul. And I'm Sarah. And we're the Boo Boys. Thank you so much, Sarah, for joining us today on our... I guess it's not really like a special day. We're just kind of recording on a Monday. But like, thanks for joining. Happy to be here on Monday. (laughs) Yes, I am. I mean, what makes Monday better than like spooky and weird stuff, right? Absolutely. Perfect. Because that's exactly what we're getting into today. Uh, Typically, we go over supernatural, spooky stuff, you know, true crime and all that fun jazz. But today, today's a special day. We're just going to be focusing on weird stories. And boy, do I have a few weird stories for you guys. Any <laughs> any uh, guesses? Uh, I have a feeling that tales will be involved. What kind of tales? <gasps> weird ones. Weird tales? Wowie. Weird tales. <laughs> <laughs> All kinds of... Uh... I hope there's blood. Gallons of the stuff? Yeah, like the, the lady in the basement. You know, she had a... Did a great time. All that you could drink and never never be enough? Yes. Maybe you know, the blood of orphans. It's bizarre. I never put much thought into the variety of tales out there, but, you know, there's, uh... I've always kind of felt like they looked the same, regardless of the animal that they were attached to, you know. Uh, the only real difference is, uh, length, or if you're a monkey, they would be prehensile. Um... Or like a pig, they'll, they'll like spin the Yeah, wheel. I suppose, you know, there's a... When you think about it, there is a variety of weird tales to discuss. Kind of a weird topic for Boo Boy's podcast, though. Yeah, I don't see the correlation. Yeah. Of tales? Yeah. yeah. I'm thinking of the wrong kinds of tales. I'm oh. not talking about Renaissance fair tales here. Oh. Well, oh, no. We're going to buckle in and get into the weirdness. All right, let's... This first one's going to be a real tearjerker. I oh, think no. uh, you guys might need some tissues after this one. Okay. Got my shirt ready. We got a new box of tissues on the table. <laughs> Starting in 1921, a woman named Miss Raynor of Long Island had a really great friend. It was a small little turtle who would gorge himself on strawberries out of her backyard. And he would make his way to her home from the strawberry patch every summer and would share a 200-year-old pancake recipe with her. And for four long years, that little turtle, every summer, would crawl out from his little winter hideout spot, go eat some of her strawberries, and then go to her back door and eat pancakes with her. And they were like the best little buddies. And this turtle seemed to have like a bee kind of like marked on its back. And so Miss Rayner believed that this turtle was actually one of her long dead ancestors and that it was the Bartu family that she has her original maiden name from. And that it was one of her ancestors basically being like, hey, what's up? Like, let's Thanks for the pancakes. <laughs> well, she decided to name this turtle Cedric. Oh. And he was just her little buddy. She A loved hanging with out with him. No bees in that name whatsoever. First name. Cedric. Last name. Would be a bar two. That would be confusing though if the turtle got lost and somebody had to find it. They'd be like, its name probably starts with a B. <laughs> they wouldn't think. They'd see a sign that says Lost Turtle Cedric and they'd be like, that couldn't be this turtle. Probably not. But um, one day in August of 1925, Miss Raynor looked out the window to see a car stop in the road in front of her house. No. A man got out of the car and seemed to pick something off the street, get back in the car, and drove away. And after a few days of not seeing Cedric at her back door, she decided to reach out to the local paper. And in her ad, it read, Lost. If this notice comes to the man who took the turtle, will he please return him to Mrs. Raynor, who fears he will miss his pancakes and also will never be able to find his way back to his winter home. I only want to know that the turtle is well off. If the man doesn't want to return him, I'll gladly share the pancake recipe. I'm afraid that the turtle will miss them and will be unhappy. Unfortunately, Cedric was never returned, and the pancake recipe was never shared with anyone. Okay, so exactly what I said would happen happened. She put a sign in the paper that said, wanted Cedric the turtle. She didn't put Cedric the turtle. She just said the turtle. Mm, Okay, well. That's ambiguous. There's lots of turtles. She didn't want anybody to know she named the turtle. Oh. 
I guess that's. I don't know. I feel like people name their pets, but well, this like does... she just references in the ad that it's a turtle that eats pancakes. Th- those are pretty rare, I guess. It's a pretty particular. I don't think pan- I don't think turtles are supposed to eat pancakes, but I mean, I could be she wrong. She loved him. Uh, yeah, he loved her strawberries. <laughs> and, and this was in what the 1920s. Yeah. All right. Well, you know, turtle could still be alive today. A turtle. I know tortoises live a long time. Do turtles live like hundreds of years? Don't know, actually. What kind of turtle was it? Mm-hmm. I can't imagine any kind a of turtle in Long Island. How, so, what kind of turtles could live in? Long I Island? think it was probably a tortoise, but then again, I don't know what kind of tortoise would live in Long Island either. I can't imagine a turtle would be able to travel that far routinely. It's saying a typical. Sorry, Google is saying a typical. Pet turtle can live between 10 and 80 years. And oh. uh, larger species can easily live over 100 years. <gasps> All right, Cedric, Apparently, come on the show. There are a shit ton of turtles that live in New York. Wow. The common snapping <laughs> turtle, the common musk turtle, the eastern mud turtle, the spotted turtle, the bog turtle, the wood turtle, the eastern box turtle, the northern diamondback terrapin turtle. I love that. I love that There's it's more York. specifically just turtle turtle city. <laughs> or turtle state, I guess. Eastern red belly turtle, common map turtle, yellow belly slider, red eared slider, painted turtle, blandings turtle, green sea turtle, Atlantic hawksbill turtle, loggerhead turtle, Atlantic ridley, oh leatherback, God. and eastern spiny softshell turtles. Heptologists would have a field day. I'm just telling you right now. <laughs> Unfortunately, we don't know what kind of turtle Cedric was, but... Uh, apparently there are plenty of turtles in that area. Do any of them mention, like, eating pancakes? (laughs) (laughs) Or bees on their shells. I know it's a difficult question. (laughs) Yeah, you can't turtle, can't turtle, you can't Google turtles and pancakes, because then you just get, like, turtle pancakes, which are, like, caramel and, and, like, nuts and... Did the woman ever share her pancake recipe? No. The 200-year-old family recipe. So I'm sure, like, her family has it, but not anyone else. She never gave it to anybody. They never found Cedric. Aww. You broke my cottage for dreams. I hope Cedric is happy out there. I mean, he'd still... He'd be very close to death by this point in time, because... She started feeding him in 1921, so he'd be hitting his, like, 101-year Rip Cedric. He could still be out there. <laughs> Come on the show, Cedric. <laughs> some say that you're, Your family's like, looking for you. Yeah. <laughs> I was saying some might hear the ghost of Cedric, like, eating their pancakes slowly <laughs> in their kitchen somewhere. Somewhere in New York, though. Or, wait, where was she from? Long, Long Island. Island. Long Island, sorry. Gotta be accurate. Any questions? Comments, concerns? I know your main concern is that people are going to think that the B stands for Bedrick or something, but... Bedrick is... Well, yeah, I mean, you know, I feel like I can't help but feel like the old lady did many things wrong, okay? You know, she gave the turtle a name that was not indicative of a marking I like how you just assume that she's an old lady. (gasps) I mean... She was only in her 40s. Well, you know, in the 1920s, 40s was like 90. So. <laughs> this is true. Yeah. The average lifespan of a woman in the 1940s was uh, about 40. That's 60. That's no. like there are, I thought 60 was like... The it lifespan. was like 32. It was really young. I don't think that in the 20s it was 30. Yeah, no. People didn't It had to be longer long than that because then. you could be president at 35. Yeah, that's... Back, like 200 years Why ago. do you think they made it an impossible age? <laughs> No, so that means like their lifespan would have had to have gotten longer over 200 years time span. So I think that the actual age was more like 60, 65. Whenever they decided the retirement age was, that was when they expected people to die. No, it was all a scam at first. That's why they set the retirement age to double the life expectancy. So if they did it today, they would be like, okay, retirement age is uh, like 160 years old. and then <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. You guys are not making me feel better about getting closer to 30 at all. <laughs> you should be grateful. Like if, it was, if it was the 40s, you know, you'd be close to close close to the end. <laughs> I'm talking to turtles. You'd yeah. be a spinster. Ooh. <laughs> Great. <laughs> Wonderful. Put that on my cake. You know, not having a <laughs> ring on your finger and no child children in your home. 
terrible thing. What was the turtle owner a spinster? No, she's her. Mrs. She was- Rayner. Mrs. Rayner. Did she have children? I would assume so. I didn't really go into a full history of her. I just wanted to know about her turtle. How do we know about the continuing investigation about the turtle? Do kids <laughs> care? Probably not. I, I need to pry into this I hope this that the rest of her life, like, she just had lots of turtle-themed things. I, yeah. I feel like we need to pry into her personal life before we can really understand the nature of her relationship with this turtle. We can't really do that, though, because people were a lot, like, there was no social media back then. Damn. Can't so unless she, like, was up to some shit, mm-hmm. nobody kept tabs on her. Also, the average life expectancy was notoriously low back then. In the 20s? Yeah. Why? Because uh, people didn't live that long yet. Also, the FDA was not really doing so great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Did they even exist yet? Yeah, uh, they oh, didn't. Trick question. They uh, didn't have anything healthy. They didn't have, uh, uh, like, vegetables yet. They didn't have sports yet. Don't look into milk. They, the United States refused to do pasteurization for absurdly long. They just yeah. were like, nope, that is too expensive. Now it's illegal to to not have milk that's not pasteurized. You can get unpasteurized milk. It's illegal. You can it's buy also it. only, gross. Only in certain states can you buy it. You can buy it at the farmer's market here. It's illegal. I don't I think actually, it's I illegal actually... if they can sell it. Milk criminals. <laughs> I mean, heroin's illegal. People sell it. We're not, like, actively, like, (laughs) advertising it and stuff. They could put heroin in milk. It's true. (laughs) Then you get double illegal stuff. So, in 1920, the life expectancy for men was about 53 and a half years old. And for women, it was 54 and a half years old. Compared to today, in 2020, um... A man's expectancy is 78.93 years. So almost 80. <laughs> almost 80. Mm-hmm. Do women live longer? Only by about a year. Okay, I'll take it. Yeah, it looks like that's kind of like how it flows, honestly. Ooh, wow. Looks like it went up like, by about I found like years. a list of just like all the years. Um... Let's see. Now we can be what? older and crazier with our turtles. The life expectancy when we were born. Oh boy. For men was seventy two well for you, seventy two point three years. Okay. And for Paul and I seventy two point five. And then for women, for Sarah, was seventy nine. Hell yeah. And then we fucking went down in 95. Wait, we went down? Yeah, 78.9. Why? <laughs> Somebody, a- one person died a little uh, too soon and brought down our average. Damn. <laughs> but I will say, like, as women, we've definitely been holding it the fuck together because hmm. in 1949, we hit 70 years old where men were only at 65 and then men stayed in the 60s until 1979 we hit the 70s in 1949 and we stayed in the 70s we've been in the 70s we are we for the past 50 years women have been living to 80 that's just how it is crazy you know it's because they hadn't invented being healthy until like i mean i feel like a woman living to 80 and a man only living to 65 is pretty sad yeah that's that five years alone. I don't think that's really even like an entirely healthy thing. That's just like on women not doing reckless things like men do. Sixty-five but and being also a <laughs> from like forty to like let's say seventy. For those like thirty years, women also weren't really like. I don't want to say they weren't doing as much, but like you mm-hmm. know, there was like the man jobs, and then there was like the woman jobs before they really started integrating everybody to do everything. Mm-hmm. And smoking cigarettes was healthy. <laughs> Still is. Yeah, you know. Well, now, you know, it's vaping. Vaping mm-hmm. is uh, so much better for you. Yeah. You ready for my next story? Yes. Okay. <laughs> I better hear some excitedness coming out of you. What the hell, Paul? Are there turtles in this one? No, but you like the other thing we're going to talk about. <sighs> Okay. You Come didn't on, even, You weren't even Come excited. On, 
<laughs> the first story had turtles, okay? You fixated on I this guy's I was excited for the turtle. I'm just, there's a lot of unanswered questions that I thought I you were going to enjoy the idea of a turtle on a summer day just like eating away all the strawberries and then munching on pancakes. I do, but I want to know more. Mm-hmm. You'll have to contact her family. Aww. We need to find... Cedric. We need to go to New York. We have to go to Staten Island, Long, Long Island, Island, one of the islands... <laughs> And find this woman's grave. Turtle island. And bring a turtle. Yeah. <laughs> so this next story I have is a little bit of a wild one, but I think you guys will like it. Wild. So this is a pretty recent story, too, within the last couple of years. Um, if I remember, it was 2016. A couple by the name of McLean. Yeah, McLean. There's two C's. I'm trying to make sure I'm pronouncing that right. McLean. McLean. <laughs> <laughs> They owned an exotic zoo slash educational petting zoo in Oregon. I love it. Uh, they sold everything from puppies and kittens to bush babies. Bush babies? Which is a small type of African primate also known as Galago. Galago. The monkey? The monkey. Monkey. Um, they are basically a very small, super soft, think like chinchilla monkey, basically. Just okay. Like a little lemur? Sugar glider monkey type oh. thing with like big eyes. And they require a permit in Oregon to actually own them because they need a lot of extra like care and stuff like that. And you have to have like a certain type of place for them to live and they're really social creatures and blah, 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 blah. All these like rules. And that law is still in effect today. Yes, this story takes place in 2016. Oh, yeah, you said two years ago. Just a few years ago, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, One day, Abby McLean noticed that her shop was missing some money that was supposed to be donated to the Girl Scouts, a laptop, and one of the Bush Babies. And this little Bush Baby's name was Gooey, and she was like, where is Gooey? So she called the police and let them know that she was missing some stuff, and she thought that someone may have broken into her zoo. Well, the police basically went around to the people nearby, the shops close to them, and found some video footage of who exactly may have broken into their zoo. And it turned out that it was Nathan, Abby's husband, going into the shop with another woman. (gasps) When questioned, uh, basically Nathan was like, ah, yeah, you know, um... I paid for a hooker, and I didn't have enough money to pay her, so I took her into the shop, and he gave her the money for the Girl Scouts, and he gave her the laptop to pay for what they had done, and then he gave her the Bush Baby as a tip, because he didn't have any money. And at that shop specifically, um, the, they sold their little Bush Baby monkey things for about three grand a piece. Oh my god. So he just like... With no preparation, like, she wasn't trying, she had lived in a hotel, this, like, poor prostitute woman. Um, and her name was Bush Baby. <laughs> they called her BB for short. And um, she, like, lived in a hotel, and he gave her basically the equivalent of a sugar glider. And was they like, call me Bush Baby. Have fun. So the police go and find the woman, and she's like, I had no idea that he, like, didn't just own the shop himself and couldn't just, like, give stuff away. Which, I mean, like, he was a co-owner, so, like, he could, but his wife was, like, no. Um, So she, like, gave back the little monkey thing because she didn't have a permit for it, but she still got to keep, like, the money in the laptop because, I don't know. Services? Law. (laughs) And um, he gave it to her. Yeah, so but that she gave back the animal. Well, she needed a permit for the yeah. animal. Yeah, um, so then Nathan ends up going to jail because his wife pressed charges on him robbing the place, and then she divorced him while he's in prison. And then she sold the zoo, and her and her kids moved out of state. Um, there's now a new owner with the zoo, and uh, yeah, Abby doesn't want anything to do with uh, Nathan anymore. You said this was Oregon? <laughs> yeah. Oh, man, I thought it was Florida. For- no. <laughs> the way you were telling sense. it. Oh, my God. Man, that's a lot to swallow for. I think Oregon's kind of like the Florida of the Northwest. You know? Um, you know, I'm... I'm definitely, I'm not old enough to remember 2016, but I do think that that law should be reviewed. Uh, I am, I I am a monkey lover and I'm generally against uh, people owning them domestically. Uh, However, you know, I'm sure that 
that hooker would have been a very good uh, monkey mom. Uh, probably a very stable living condition I imagine she had. Oh, jeez. I, I think that the way you're describing these animals, I think if like a, a pug and a squirrel kind of mashed together. And uh, I just, I, I wonder like how this, this came about. Like, you know, they, they finished the deed in the shop or whatever they're doing. And he's just like, oh, yes, let me give you this very high needs, you know, exotic animal to pay you because you did such a good job, you know, with your services. Mm-hmm. Seems like the most bizarre kind of tip. I think that was going to be her thing. She was like, I could, she's like, I could get a bush baby and that could be. For her bush baby. Yeah. <laughs> like, I got a bush baby. But that that would that would be her her thing that distinguishes her from the other hookers is that she has a little bush baby on her shoulder. Yeah, I mean, I mean, could you imagine though, like she takes it in the car while she's like doing stuff, and it's like biting you on the ear. Well, it, she probably she would train the bush baby to go through people's wallets and stuff while they're you know, using her services, like a pirate monkey. Yeah, like a boo. Mm-hmm. And. uh... So I, I can't blame her for having the idea because that's clearly, you know, what she had in mind. And I mean, I'm not the kind of person who would solicit those kinds of services. But if I was going to, I'd probably go with the one that had a monkey. <laughs> right? If one of them has a monkey, I feel like if you're not going to not. He just happened to walk past you and then like turned and was like, hey, for 10 bucks, I'll hang out with you. You'd probably be like, yeah, okay. yeah just for the monkey. Yeah. I don't care about the hooker services. I just want to hang out Paul with the monkey. <laughs> I, I feel like they're good priorities. I'm also thinking about like you know she got a divorce obviously because you know cheating the mm-hmm. whole like selling the the company property. I just want to know like how the lawyer felt reading this particular like police report um, <laughs> because it must have just been or like even the judge being like damn this is super oh, yeah. weird man. Uh, yeah. I mean, there was no denying it, I guess. They were just like, yeah, man, that makes sense. Uh, granted. <laughs> there you go. That's you, fine. Super divorced. I say super because, you know, the Bush baby was involved. Right. That's an extra point. Any questions, comments, concerns? You said it's still open? Oh, somebody else owns it now. Okay. Do we know who the hooker was? No. Oh. We should invite her to be. They on the just show. labeled her as prostitute. Prostitute. Well, ah, oh, damn. At first, n- they weren't sure if she was going to be charged for prostitution, but technically, they couldn't get her on it because they can't prove that she did it. Like the guy said, they did it, but like they didn't catch them doing it. They don't have any evidence. Hmm. I mean, it would be it would be much easier if she got the the monkey because then we could just Google prostitute with monkey and find her information and you know get her on the show her profile i think you just want to hang out with the monkey still yeah but i want her side of the story Mm. you know i'm sure she has a very good account of events she probably remembers it very clearly probably it's probably one of her favorite stories to tell i'm sure she was very clear-headed during the entire thing and doesn't have any sort of issues or anything (laughs) she may have been i mean maybe they say, like just living in Oregon. Oh well, hmm. yeah, that's... it's a place. Mm-hmm. Drugs. Well, are you guys ready for our next weird tale? Okay. Are you enjoying these weird tales so far? Are they weird enough for you? Or are you feeling like these are a lack of weird? No, they're pretty weird. Yeah. <laughs> I do. I do get the idea that you just googled all of my favorite animals. I didn't purposely do that. I just happened to, like, do that. Is the next one a platypus? No. Okay. <laughs> um, this one is actually an old news article from October 1899. Oh. And it's titled Feathered Gas Fiend. Oh, I was going to say birds. That was going to be my guess. <laughs> so Alice Knott, 23 years old in Washington, came to her death through instrumentally of her parrot. 
Death by Parrot, my new band. An evil dispositioned bird who was cordially detested by everyone except his mistress, but who seemed to have a strong affection for her. He would follow her around room to room and was never happy except in her presence. He was generally regarded as as a devil uh, by people of color. And uh, again, this was written in 1899. I'm not going to say what this actually says. Um, Oh, good. And yeah, no, we don't need that. As a bird of ill omen by the whites, mm-hmm. his unpopularity was increased by an uncanny habit of pulling the tips off gas burners with his strong beak and inhaling the gas until it stupefied him. He was a gas fiend, a feathered, <laughs> a feathered victim of the gas habit. While his young mistress was sleeping, the parrot took off the lava tip in her room and started on a gas debauch. This time, there was no one near to avert the consequences of his deed. When Miss Knott's relatives, alarmed by her silence, broke open the door and they found her dead. Her little murderer was found half unconscious by the door. When he found himself succumbing to the gas and was not rescued as usual by his mistress, he realized that something was wrong and had wit or instinct enough to make for the door and shove his bill as far as he could underneath it. He recovered. And while the coroner was in the house, the malignant little bird was caught trying to turn on the gas again. <gasps> so this bird just straight up liked to get high, and it accidentally killed its master, mistress. Oh, cursed bird. They bird. called it evil. I believe him. So was the bird brought to justice, or? You know, he didn't like anybody but its owner, so I'm guessing they probably. Apparently not. Apparently it didn't like its owner that much. Killed its owner. He waited till she went to sleep and then went to get high because he thought she wasn't going to stop him. Oh, okay. It's that kind of narrative. I was like, did somebody like train this bird to like kill this woman? No. There's a secret. It says that (laughs) um, vengeance. When he found himself succumbing to the gas and was not rescued by his usual by his mistress, he realized something was wrong and had wit or instinct enough to make for the door. So, okay. Like, he recognized he got really high and was like, uh oh, no one's stopping me or turning this off. So. Birds are cray. That's all I'm going to say. They, you, <laughs> you don't know. It's literally like. What's oh, wait. Really, oh, go ahead. What's funny is it reminds me of Boss because <laughs> she only <laughs> likes me. She doesn't like anybody else. And I know people would definitely refer to her as like some demon cat. But like. We better not find you dead. She doesn't get high. But I know. <laughs> <laughs> we better it's not cabin. find you dead. Questions, comments, concerns? He needs to go to bird court to be taken to bird justice. Yeah, whatever happened to the bird? I'm assuming they probably killed him. Because he didn't like anybody. Oh, true. And they probably thought he was cursed. like 20 years. Yeah, they they clearly didn't like him and thought he was cursed. As you were saying, like, everybody, literally everybody in the community was like, something's up with that bird. Do you, how do you think they executed the bird? Do you think they hung it or put it behind bars? Well, I guess since um, it Gassed would be it? another like forty oh. some odd years before that would be a bad uh, thing to do, they might have just gassed it. Hmm. Rough. Eighteen ninety nine. Bird might have been into it at first. They didn't have the electric chair back then, did they? <laughs> not for birds. No, not for birds trying to make a hate beak joke, but I don't know how I would <laughs> put it in. Well, they drowned him. They drowned him? In a fit of irony. Mm. Oh, gosh. I don't know. It makes me sad to think about how they killed a bird. Yeah, <laughs> but he deserved it. Did he? He just wanted to get high. He was a junky loser. He you know sucked. what? Addiction is what is a disease. You know, he was a junkie and he ended up killing his family. His junkie parrot Almost himself. Not even once, kids. <laughs> Dare. <laughs> Turn off the gas. <laughs> Not even once. All right. I have one final story to tell. Oh. Any guesses what this one could be? Another animal for sure. I see a theme going. Call me crazy. <laughs> well, 
It's Monday. I'm going to take it easy for the rest of the week, guys. I'm trying to think of another animal that I like. <laughs> you've done monkeys. You've done turtles. Lizards? I'm a, I'm a tortoise guy. You like birds. I, I, I like birds. I do like birds, despite them apparently being junkies or murderers. My, my other favorite animal is platypus, but she said there's no platypus story involved here. Nope. Something domestic, probably. Oxalotl? In 1932, we're just going back and forth between the times, one brave skeptic set out to test just how real the mystical land really is in performing a ritual where it was designed to turn a goat into a little boy. Goats. (laughs) I like goats. (laughs) Me too. (laughs) It just dawned on you like, goats. Goats. (laughs) Goats. So wanted to turn, he wanted to turn the goat into a little boy. Mm-hmm. A kid. This is like the opposite of the thing that happened to Pinocchio. Yeah. That crazy traumatic scene where they're all turning into donkeys. He's like, I don't, I don't want to be a donkey. He's still talking. <laughs> Take him back. So Harry Price was an early paranormal investigator and debunker. And over the course of his long career, Price labored to bring reason to a scientific eye. Bring reason and a scientific eye to the world of the metaphysical. And he'd already been responsible for blowing the lid off of spiritualists, psychic photographers, and even one talking mongoose. I want to know more about the mongoose. (laughs) Yeah, that's kind of a lead in there. Yeah, you can't just tease us with that. There's another animal story that you're leaving out. I like mongooses. Who said I'm leaving it out? I thought the focus of this one was the goat. It is. Okay, but I want to know about the mongoose. You want me to just not tell you about the fucking goat so I can tell you about the mongoose? I want to know both. You can't just gloss over the mongoose. Okay, well, I have to tell you one before I can tell you the other. Okay. Yes. You want me to just stop telling you about the goat, tell you about the mongoose, and then go back to the goat? I'd like to know about both. I want them to be friends. I want them to be pals. Well, you're being so rude about this. I just want to make sure you're not glossing over that whole mongoose thing. (laughs) You didn't give us any forewarning about the mongoose. Did I warn you about any of these? Well, you said this was a goat story, not a goat slash mongoose story. It's not a goat mongoose story. It's a goat story. See, now I'm disappointed. And mongoose gets its own story. True. He does seem like a protagonist. That's fair. Yeah. Okay. Deal. Done. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Deal. Okay, you got us. She's she's clearly baiting us with the goat first. Yeah. (laughs) I had to get you into it first. Okay. Keep me by surprise. Mm -hmm. Starts you off making you think it's just about the ghost who throws that mongoose in there. That's all. Gold cherry. Yeah. According to Prince's account of the events that take place in this goat story, uh, he wrote a book that is called Confessions of a Ghost Hunter, and he claims to have come into possession of an archine grimoire called the High German Black Book, which contained a number of spells and rituals. Apparently discovering that Prince was in possession of this old book, the organizers of the uh, goatee, Centennial celebration invited him to come and perform some magic. Mm. Prince was like, hell yeah, let's fucking do it. Uh, one of the spells in the book that he was wanting to do this from was called Lorksburg Trist, a ritual designed to transform a young male goat into a human boy. Lorksburg <laughs> was an older name for the Brocken, and the directions for performing the Lorksburg Trist stated that it could only successfully be performed atop a peak under the light of the winter's full moon. According to the elaborate ritual text, the the he-goat must be led by a silken cord held by a maiden pure in heart in fair white garments. Incense must be burned and a pine fire lit. Standing on a magical circle that has been drawn on the ground, the maiden must spin the goat three times, and then pour wine over its head while reciting some magic words. Then, the magic starts to work. The moon is said to go dark, and the maiden then needs to cover the goat with a white sheet. When the cloth is removed, the goat should be gone, replaced with a human boy. So, they decided to make a big spectacle of this, of the ritual. They contacted a number of reporters to come and witness this magical experience. On June 17th, 1932, the 
uh, prince attempted to turn a goat into a boy, and the maiden, for a maiden fair, he brought along Erda Born, the daughter of an attorney. And she wore her white dress, and Price thought everything was going to go great. Following the preparations laid out in the book, he put together the arcane scene and a large magical circle into the ground and was it burning incense and had his fire and everything going. To his account of the experiment, Prince states that everything seemed correct, nothing was out of place, there were dozens of reporters and photographers all around. The moon was somewhat obscured by clouds that night, but otherwise everything went off without a hitch. Uh, except it didn't work. What? Crazy. <laughs> Who'd have thought? Darn. For the sake of science, Prince and everyone else decided to go back the next night, leaving the press behind and attempted the ritual again, thinking maybe there were too many non-believers around. And the result, unsurprisingly, was the same. The goat did not change into a little boy. So, all the reporters... Was, stated, was the moon still obscured that night? I don't say. Maybe it was more obscured. The vibes were off. I'm just calling it yeah. right now. I think if they'd done it a third time, it might have been different. Oh, true. So, yeah. True scientist inquires into the meaning of all phenomena without prejudice, is what reporters said. But it didn't work, and it made everybody stop believing in magic. I don't think it was an issue of uh, science so much as just kind of a logic issue. You can't really turn a goat into a human, I don't think. Why not? Genetics. You're just not believing hard enough, Paul. You're the you're the people that ruin the vibes. Perhaps not. Maybe I, I'm the reason that it didn't work. <laughs> it's your fault. <laughs> you were there. I feel like I saw a movie based off of this one time. It does feel very uh, horror movie vibes, or just goth as hell. Could it have gone the other way around? Maybe they should have tried it the other way around. Maybe somebody could have volunteered to become a goat. Yeah, maybe that would have worked out better. Did they try, like, turning it off and turning it back on again? What was, <laughs> what was their plan for if it had worked? Um, I don't know. They just would have said that oh. magic was real, I guess. Did you guys see that? horror movie where there was that I, I wish I could remember what the heck it's called but it's it's where they have that half lamb half child situation going on it's called uh, lamb or sheep or something like that yeah I saw that that's what this, this episode is reminding me of in a strange kind of way I didn't super like that movie I'm gonna say it but it I mean it was beautiful at least like they had lots of beautiful landscape shots and everything, but they didn't bring out Goat Daddy enough. <laughs> That's my only complaint. They showed him for all of, like, I feel like four scenes, and I was like, you could have done so much more creepy stuff with that. Who knows? Maybe they, they didn't get a fair enough maiden out there into the movie. Or <laughs> yeah, she no probably, sheets. it was probably the maiden's fault. She wasn't pure enough. She was an attorney's daughter. Yeah. What kind of... <laughs> I want to know what kind of law her dad did. Was it crime? I mean, it was a small town, so it was probably just whatever happened in the town. True. Okay. Yeah, maybe the crimes have tainted her, and she couldn't do it. Maybe he was like an animal, an agricultural lawyer. Oh, an animal rights advocate? Yeah, in whatever year this was. Like 18... what? As old as hell. Uh, it was 1932. 1932. In 1932, they were still doing experiments like this? You know, I'm not shocked. Well, it was people that, like, still believed magic was a thing, and that's why he was a debunker. Hmm. But yeah, there was, like, um... We have flat earthers now. There were, it's true. Um, like, seances, and, um, like, palm readers, and spectacles, and stuff like that that happened all the time in the early 1900s. I mean, I guess we still have all of that today, too. There were still so people just... in, like, I think the 60s and 70s that believed, like, once your, like, partner died, you could go talk to a psychic and they could, like, speak to the dead for you. There's... There are still people that go to mediums today. There's people who believe that today. Yeah. Do a seance and who knows? We mm -hmm. saw one at a cafe yesterday. Did you really? Yeah. What was that much? Uh, you know, I, I didn't really eavesdrop. I just kind of saw it going on on the way out. And, uh, <laughs> Is that what we did? 
Yeah. Yeah. Do you remember? No, you saw him. I didn't. I okay. I saw it. I'm surprised you didn't. It was a see sign. It. You were supposed to. See it. it was a sign. Yeah. Wow, it's still real. <laughs> I did, They did say we, something about resurrecting. Every time we go out somewhere, we find a psychic for some reason. That is, yeah. It's really weird. It's the show, man. It's, it's literally pulling you towards you. Like every time we go somewhere, there's a psychic somewhere, and like we'll point it out to each other. Like, oh, there's a psychic. There and they Paul's are. Always like we should just go sometime. What? You guys should. <laughs> I think you gotta go. go at least once. I don't know. We'd have to go to at least like four or five of them to see if they're all like saying the same thing. You know what we need to do? This could be a Boo Boys thing. We should look up the worst rated sidekick in the valley. One star. And 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 review them. Yeah. Yeah. We could have them on the show. And, and they'll curse us. Have them. No, we don't We don't, we don't have to tell them that we only picked them out because they're the worst rated no, one. No, but if you make like any content about it. Maybe we can have them tell their side of the story. Yeah, we could interview them, or you know, we could just go use their services. And uh, if they don't want us to record, then we can like do a recap episode where we talk about it. This is I don't know if psychics usually have like Yelp. <laughs> I I bet a few of them do. I guarantee it. With how many are out here, we got to find the worst rated one in the area. I want to find the best rated one too. Yeah, and we'll compare them. And see if they like, yeah, maybe like the one of them's more blind than the other, you know? Yeah. Maybe, maybe like the, they've got like the bullet, the big bullet points down, whereas like the, the really good one has like the fine details more. Or maybe the really good one just like gives nicer fortunes. Yeah. Maybe it just goes up because they, you get a lot of good like compliments. Yeah. The whole thing. The more money you pay, the brighter your future is. Mm-hmm. Something you know, along those lines. The things. happier your dead relatives are about you. There's nothing, there's no tie between money and how good your fortune is. <laughs> what? Get out of the here. The cooler your spirit animal is. <laughs> the, the more I can do. <laughs> the better your past lives were. Oh, man. Now you're getting real deep. I want to talk to a psychic who straight up tells me that, like, my spirit animal is a, like a dust mite or, like, just something really insignificant. Maybe in a past life, I was just, like, a tumor on a, like, dude's ass or something. An amoeba? Yeah. I don't know. I thought you'd like a platypus. Yeah, that's probably what the best rated one would tell me, because I really like platypus. But, you know... If they could guess that, I would be impressed. I just think it's telling that I've never spoken to anybody who went to a sidekick and was upset about what they learned about themselves. I feel like not everybody could have been Alexander the Great in the past life. Not everybody could have been a pharaoh. How I mean, come... speak for yourself. But everybody I talk to who's been to one is always like, oh yeah, I was a warrior in ancient Rome, or I, you know, I was I mean, I don't Alexander feel like the Great. Because like there were a lot of like wars and stuff in Rome back in the day. True, everybody's a warrior. Okay, or they were like Alexander the Great, or... Okay, yeah, if you, you know, pick, like, a specific historical figure, then yeah, but, like, to be, like, I was a Spartan, or I was, like, a Roman warrior or something, like, uh, I'm not saying it's impossible, but I'm not saying it's totally impossible, because, like, there were a lot of them. But I think they'd be a little off geographically for me, because I think most of my roots are out in Ireland and Europe, so I'd be like, huh, that's funny. <laughs> I mean, it kind of starts in the middle and spreads out eventually, so. True. Yeah. Like, yeah. I've never heard of a psychic who was like, oh, you were a painter from Austria. Huh. Were the um, paintings good? No, not good enough, apparently. Not good enough to get you into art school. No. Damn. Yeah. You were Michelangelo. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, buddy. Well, part of me is wondering if you're getting this joke or not. You know, I don't know. I, uh, I'm going to keep going. Oh. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. oh. Our German friend. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah. friend, huh? Oh. I don't know about that. Friend with really big quotes. Yeah. Fiend, maybe. Yeah, more accurate. <laughs> Just take the R out of there. Yeah. They well, got what the about first. the mongoose? Oh, yeah. What happened? To- Wait, you were supposed to tell us about that mongoose. Don't. Don't try don't and derail. Don't try and derail the conversation. And don't you talk to Vladimir me in an accusator- accusatory tone. Like, I wasn't going to tell you about the fucking mongoose, but you guys got me all off topic, talking about the fucking goats and shit, and I was waiting on you, 
to be down with the ghosts and totally. shit. So we can ask about question, comments, and concerns. And then we can tell you about stupid fucking mongoose. Okay, well, my question, comment, and concern is what about the mongoose? The creature that would become to be known as Dolby Spook made its first presence known in 1931 when the Irving's 12-year-old daughter, Lori, was sent into the fields to snare rabbits for the family's evening meal. To her astonishment, she would find that the job had already been done for her, with several cleanly killed rabbits left for her as a gift from an apparently friendly ghost. Soon after, the Irvings began to hear strange animalistic vocalizations and rustlings emanating from the inside of the walls of the house they had. The Irvings noticed that an animal had appeared to be a weasel in their farmyard in the autumn of 1931. Despite the presence of what would seem like a notoriously vicious predator, the Irvings' chickens were completely undisturbed by the yellowish bushy-tailed creature. Nothing of the strain, barking, growling, spitting, and persistent bellowing from within their walls. Noting the strange barking, growling, spitting, and persistent bellowing from their walls. The family was determined that the animal had made its home somewhere inside the old farmhouse. Whatever it was, it was noisy and had a penchant for a mimicry. Mimicry. Late into the night, the Irving's sleep was disturbed by the creature's strange noises. In a letter to James Irving, wrote to Perry Price, the guy we were just talking about with the goats, a paranormal investigator, he describes shouting various animal and bird calls in response to the creature's vocalizations, which it would repeat back to him. The animal, whatever it was, was also extremely clever, and soon Irving had only to name Irving had only to name an animal for the creature to respond. I don't know why it's written so weird. Soon, Irving had only to name an animal. He's saying like he could just say the animal, and it would respond with that sound. Um, however, the unseen creature's nocturnal activities took a frightening turn when it began repeating nursery rhymes sung by 12-year-old Bori in a high, screechy voice described as being two octaves higher than that of an adult human. The creature proved itself to be no mere mimic when it began intelligently conversing with the family, calling them by their given names, christened Jack by James Irving. The creature corrected the former and insisted his name was Jeff. Spelling it phonetically G E F, so there would be no mistake. Gif. Gif. Jif. Jif. The what Irvings faced their uninvited house guests with a mix of bewilderment and fear as they recounted in the Nandor's Fordor's Between Two Worlds. When asked if there was a ghost, the creature replied, I am a ghost in the form of a weasel, cheekily adding, and I shall haunt you with weird noises and clanking chains. And armored with his own mysterious nature, Jeff told the Irvings, I'm a freak. I have hands and I have feet. If you ever saw me, you would be paralyzed, petrified, mummified, and turned into a pillar of salt. At other times, Jeff claimed to be an extra clever mongoose. Born in (laughs) New Delhi, India in 1852, in one of his more grandiose moments, Jeff proclaimed, I am the fifth dimension, I am the eighth wonder of the world, and I can spit the atom. Ghost or extra clever mongoose, Jeff frightened the Irv- James Irving, and the creature's fascination with his daughter Vori made him especially uneasy. The occasionally belligerent entity had proven himself adept at tossing household objects. What if he started lighting matches? Determined to, determined to rid his home of the beast, Irving went to the war against Jeff. Armed with his hunting rifle, Irving set out poison bait for <laughs> determined to rid his family of the increasing intelligent peasants. Jeff was not at all pleased with the Irvings turning on him, thumping loudly within the walls and screeching obscenities. Jeff terrorized the family, hoping that hoping to keep Bory safe, James and Margaret Irving both moved Bory into their bedroom, much to the creature's consternation. I'm reading somebody else's article. <laughs> I just noticed you said Grand Was. <laughs> that was so long ago. And we're not going to go back on that. No, I'm not going to tell you more about the mongoose. I can't we're let that go. We're not going to talk about the mongoose. <laughs> the battle of wills between James Irving and Jeff ended in the victory for the mysterious mongoose. Although Jeff could be a nuisance, he meant the Irvings no harm. Still, he warned that his continued good behavior was contingent on their acceptance of him. 
according to the author, Jeff clearly laid out his terms. If you are kind to me, I will give you good luck. And if you are not kind, I shall kill your poultry. I could kill you all if I wished, but I won't. And the creature also laid claim that the uh, Dorlish cash in as a co-owner of the property, stating, This is my home. It suits me. From the beginning, Jeff seemed to display affection for the Irvings, declaring them his only human friends. He uh, basically <laughs> he starts watching over Vori as he walks her to and from school and continues to hunt rabbits for the family, and in return, they fed and cleaned up after him. However, the Irvings also learned that Jeff could still be driven to anger. The strange animal was sensitive to question about his species, as detailed in some guy's book. Jeff took issue with being mistaken for a weasel, and eventually Jeff explained that he was an Indian marsh mongoose, and that he had been born on June 7, 1852, near Delhi, and had lived with a tall men who wore a green turban. Frequently, Jeff would sing an Indian folk song and speak in Hindi. Initially, Jeff, who often displayed childish personality traits, focused on the Irving's daughter, Vori, to whom he served as a friend and protector. Jeff regularly followed Vori on her breaks, uh, on her treks to school and hiding in the shrubbery in the tall grass to avoid detection. As detailed in another book, Jeff boasted to James Irving that he would fight anyone who attempted to harm the child. As one schoolboy learned, slights against the Irving's daughter were met with swift revenge. Arriving ahead of Lori, Jeff overheard the boy refer to her as Dolby Spook in a reference to rapidly spreading stories about strange occurrences happening in the Irving's home. Uh, Jeff then threw a stone at the boy's head. <laughs> really friendly, Jeff is. Did Jeff have good aim? Apparently, spooked the boy. I can't imagine a mongoose with its paws would be able to pick up a stone and throw it at a child's head. Uh, I also recall earlier in the story, the major threat was that if you were bad to Jeff, he would, like, just bang on your walls and be kind of annoying. He'd kill their chickens. Then it turned into, I'll kill your chickens and I could kill you. So there's a really weird kind of gap there. Where at first I thought it was kind of funny how his biggest threat was that he could be, like, slightly annoying. And the next thing you know... It's, yeah. it's killing people. Yeah, he threatens to murder people as a mongoose. I just like how this this creature seems so ominous and mysterious rolling up on their life, and then it has the most unominous name it could possibly conjure, which is Jeff. And he's a mongoose. Nobody's afraid of a Jeffrey. <laughs> okay, Jeffrey. <laughs> okay, Jeffrey. It doesn't seem like it'd be that hard to put down a mongoose. You know? They're fast. Apparently they can kill venomous snakes really, really well because of their agility and speed. Um, And they've also... I was kind of reading about mongooses for a second, and it is mongooses. It's not mongoose, but it is acceptable to say... Mongai? Mongai? Mongoosen. Goosen. Goosen. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But apparently they've developed a... uh, uh, like a resistance to their snake toxin, their neurotoxin. So that's why they can, if they do get bit. Weird human people do that too. Where they like, slow, like they inject just a little bit of like poison, like venom into them and like that makes their body kind of build a tolerance to people it. People die doing that all the time. Yeah. Think of the princess I didn't bride. say it was smart. I just yeah. said people do it. <laughs> but yeah, the, the mongoose also has 80 plus species out there. So mm-hmm. it makes sense that, yeah, I mean, India, they, you probably find them in India. Uh, seems like they're a pretty widespread uh, animal. Um, I did not know that, actually. I thought there was like maybe two or three, so shows you what I know about this. Do you think Jeff was just some sort of shared hallucination or like delusion that the family all carried with each other, or maybe just some some dude pulling an elaborate prank, or, or maybe they all came together and wanted to feel special, so they planned this imaginary friend together? Or? Some dude really trained the mongoose as, like, part of his circus yeah. act, and then he got fired from the circus and was like, I gotta get, you know, uh, this family underneath my belt somehow. We could entertain the possibility that there really was a paranormal mongoose out there with the superhuman ability to communicate with humans and uh, kill chickens. I mean, yeah. 
saying right here that Mongoose communication is surprisingly complex. So uh, they got 10 calls, but mm. who's to say that they couldn't have, uh, you know, if it was cursed, couldn't have gotten a little bit uh, more advanced there. Is that all you have on the Mongoose? No. There's more. Tell us more. <laughs> Tell us I more. I don't want to interrupt. Uh, J- James Irving became seriously ill with anemia, and as his illness got worse, it marked a steep decline in Jeff's presence. By the time paranormal investigator Harry Price visited the Irving's home in 1935, the, mo- the mysterious mongoose uh, visits had become increasingly rare. Irving died in 1945, necessitating the family's departure from the Dorlish Cashin. By all the indications, Jeff did not follow them. The next occupant of Dorlish Cashin, Leslie Graham, an army veteran, <laughs> confirmed spectre. <laughs> not that Leslie Graham, uh, an right. army veteran and confirmed skeptic, reported no visits from the talking mongoose or unusual activity of any kind in the house or on its grounds. According to the official website, Graham tra- trapped and killed an unusual animal in 1947 that described he described as being neither a ferret, a stoat, or a, re- a weasel while still having the characteristics of those animals. However, the corpse displayed by Graham was considerably larger than Jeff that was covered in black and white fur rather than characteristic yellow hue described by the Irvings. Initially, James Irving proclaimed that Jeff was in no way a supernatural being, but over the years he changed his assessment of the creature believing that he was an earthbound spirit. Although he was notoriously talkative, Jeff was tight-lipped about his origins, and at times claiming he was everything from an extra-clever mongoose to the Holy Ghost. The scant physical evidence for Jeff in the form of hair samples and bite impressions seemed to be the Irving's sheepdog, Mona. As documented in a book, uh, famed paranormal researcher Harry Price was at a loss for an explanation for Jeff as either a supernatural manifestation or a hoax. Price writes that if a plot then the Irvings were consummate actors. If there was no apparent motive and no financial gain, he's not really sure what to make of it. Price eventually concluded that Jeff was likely a shared delusion, like the entire family just had like this shared crazy delusion. One of the most intriguing theories about Jeff came from an author, Nandor Fodor, who concluded Jeff may have been a physical manifestation of a fragmented part of James Irving's personality, specifically an embodiment of the frustrations and mental starvation inherent in his lonely life as a desolate farmhouse owner. Vori Irving was at the center of the story of Jeff and the talking mongoose her entire life. From the beginning, she was the suspect of having concocted Jeff as a hoax born of adolescent boredom. Locals accused Irving of providing Jeff's voice through ventriloquism, an accusation that investigator Harry Price dismissed as impossible. Irving largely avoided speaking out about Dolby Spook her entire adult life. In a rare interview, uh, she opened up about her experiences at the house. Jeff was very detrimental to my life, she said. It was not a hoax. I wish it had never happened. Yes, there was a little animal who talked and did all those things. He said he was a mongoose. He said we should call him Jeff. I do wish he'd let us be alone. And she died in 2005. She maintained that Jeff was real until the end. I just, yeah, that's that's tough. You know, seems like he was kind of lonely out there, but uh, Jeff seems like a menace. They did. I was reading that they apparently, you were saying like, you know, about throwing a stone earlier. I was looking into how big they are and some more information and they could be seven inches long or two feet. Hmm. But what did Jeff, like, how did Jeff scar this woman so much other i mean it sounds like he woke her up at night followed her around okay so he did all the same things that your cat does but my cat doesn't talk that's true the nursery rhymes sounded really creepy yeah especially in like two what what did they say two octaves higher than an adult kind of be almost like pitchy whistling jeff allegedly warded off this young girl's bully by throwing stones at him and protecting the family and Mm -hmm. on her deathbed she says i wish he would have left us alone he's horrifying and scary well the reason she was getting bullied was because of jeff that's not jeff's fault that's you know the children's fault for wanting to bully her for having a mongoose (laughs) they didn't they didn't appease jeff enough that's the problem Mm. He just asked for a nice place to stay and to stay on his good side. I feel like that's not too much to ask, right? Mm-hmm. It's like a giant two-foot gopher. And uh, again, 
Jeff is a mongoose. You but know, a gentleman. I feel like just like everybody had a shotgun back then, so you know, just I feel like it wouldn't be that hard to, you know, one good shot probably take down a mongoose. But what does ghost live on to haunt them? But That's- he hid in the walls, so it was never like he just like was outwardly in front of them. <laughs> I think so. They never saw Jeff physically. Yep. Oh. Well, I picture if they, they, they tried to shoot him, it'd be a, I picture like a wooden wall with a bunch of holes in it from the shotgun. <laughs> they how, claimed they saw glimpses of him, but they never saw him as like So how do they know he threw the stone at the bully if nobody saw it? A including the bully. Came hurtling out of a bush and he was probably like, yeah, I did that. Hmm. hmm. Interesting. I don't know. Dad might be making up some tales. I think the daughter made that story up. Before, you might have had me, but now I'm starting to be a little skeptical. (laughs) Were were they ever in the same room at the same time? Yeah. Who? The father and the mongoose. Yeah, the whole family slept in the bedroom to get away from the mongoose. Damn it. (laughs) Boiled again. Because they were worried that he was, like, saying weird stuff to the daughter. Pulling Pulling her into his cult or demonic shit. (laughs) <laughs> Whatever mongooses are into. Don't talk to him. You'll turn into a mongoose, too. <laughs> Any other questions, comments, concerns? He seems like a drunk uncle. You know, that kind of yeah. stuff. dude is welcome a little too long. Yeah, and he's just like, I'm just going to live in the walls. And- <gasps> like that one character from, except he's a nice character, from the the recent Disney movie. What was it? Oh, Bruno. Bruno. Yeah. We don't talk about Bruno. In this case, it's we don't talk about Jeff. Yeah. I feel like they pushed that movie really hard to be, like, touchy feeling. But, like, they miss actually making a connection happen. They were just like, here, be sad to this. And there was no, like, real lead up to it. You know, the recent Disney movies have really said a lot about we really just want boomers or parents to be uh, accepting of us. Yeah, have you noticed that? It's like like the older sister had a whole song about being the backbone of the family and having to deal with all the stress and stuff, but like realistically her parents never seemed to like you don't even see the parents ever talk to her after to do anything. It's all the grandma. Grandma was mean. Actually maybe grandma I was, wrong. was mean, but like it wasn't boomers. like you know, it just didn't really make a whole lot of sense that she'd like claim that she had all these issues and stuff, but like realistically I still liked her. And you know what's funny? Also, kids did. I've heard that they wanted to have her doll more than, like, the princessy pink mm-hmm. one. And I love that. I think that's great. She's a powerhouse. She lifts. Yeah. I don't know. I enjoyed the movie. I thought it was fun. Um, I wonder what the new movie they're going to come out with next. That's along those lines. But we'll see. Anyway, sorry. Mongoose. <laughs> Any final mongoose-related questions? Um, I think I've I've laid out my my concerns and comments. Your questions, comments, and concerns. Are you yes. done accusing me of not telling you about the mongoose? You know, I feel like there was more to the mongoose story than there was the goat story. The goat crazy. story was the goat story was fun though. I liked the it. The goat story happened in like two days. The mongoose story took like twelve years. I know. Ricky, Ricky, of course, there was more information with a freaking mongoose. See, we knew it was the cherry. We knew the go was just the appetizer. Yeah. Did you? Because you both acted like I wasn't going to tell you about the fucking mongoose. <laughs> I just I wanted it to be. I wanted them to be friends. It's okay. I was hoping that like it was just a regular goat. I was hoping that we would be able to go see Jeff's taxidermized body somewhere and be like, this is the mongoose that threw rocks at bullies and threatened to kill chickens, you know? But they need to tear down that house and look through the walls and see if they find the dead mongoose from, uh, what, India? Well, the new owner claimed to have killed something weird. Oh, yeah, that's right. And it said the fur was still blonde and everything. Mm-hmm. Are Indian mongooses blonde? Mm-hmm. Ah, I just remember that being a detail. Did the owner that killed the thing have all of its chickens die? Did they hear weird nursery rhymes? Yeah. <laughs> Didn't say. Hmm. Either way, I'd have that house like purified some some way. 
I don't know. I don't think it's whatever. Bad energy. Bye. I don't think it's out of the question that it could have been the parents trying to think of a creative way to get their kids to behave. You know, like if you don't go to bed on time, Jeff might get angry with you. Let me just you psychologically know. terrorize you with this really creepy nursery. I mean, <laughs> back in the way that was psychological yeah, terror was just parenting. Santa Claus tooth fairy Easter Bunny. Yeah, it's true. I There's guess. just more trauma involved with this one. Yeah. There's, a, there's like um, imaginary friends also will do it. Yeah. A lot of movies about those. Alright. Well, without any further questions, comments, or concerns, that is all I have for you guys tonight. It was fun. There were definitely weird tales, and now I understand the fun. <laughs> I did it. Yes. All things had tails. All of those animals had tails, I believe. <laughs> believe you think one of them maybe didn't depending on what kind of turtle it in the had first a tail. story turtles have tails. do all turtles have tails sure all turtles have tails okay ears maybe not but tails yes all right well my name's dalton my name is paul and i'm sarah and we're the boo boys make sure you keep an eye out for our next episode next monday make sure you follow us on all of our social media and interact if you're bored, because me too. Bye. 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 <laughs>